the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday's sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down, welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. Emily has just told me that I have a funny face today. (laughs) I don't know what that means. You know, we sit down to podcast and... There's just different vibes you give off, and today's vibe is, I you're mysterious, inscrutable, it's a mysterious vibe. Okay. And the, the January feels like the time for mysteries, so here we go. That's what they always say about January, the time, the month of mystery. <laughs> what are you doing in January? Celebrating your birthday. Oh, thank you. You can do that by putting our Christmas ornaments away. <laughs> Yeah, we need to talk about when to That's on my mind. pack out Christmas. Um, there's a state of emergency for flooding today. Maybe. We're recording on Tuesday, late afternoon, January 9th. And it's cold and rainy. This could be uh, snow, but it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to talk about uh, talk about the weather? <laughs> okay. Scintillating. Okay, well, fine. We'll call it Stormy Monday then <laughs> instead of Stormy Tuesday. Oh, wow, that was great, baby. <laughs> And so it is. Um, yeah, we're here in January. Why Why are we back in, in what book are we in? <laughs> exactly. Colossians. Colossians. Why are we back in Colossians? What is it? What are you feeling like these days as we get back into the groove, back into this? How do you feel about this, like, jump? Is this our first time podcasting since last time, since last year? Yeah, since December. Okay. Welcome back, I should have said. Mm-hmm. It really is January. New Year's resolutions and back into Colossians. Reorient us here at the podcast. That's the idea behind it. So we had a fun Advent sermon series from the book of Isaiah. And then Josh Postlewaite took the Sunday after Christmas sermon. And then we are, we're back and I was reacquainted and reminded M why I was so excited to jump into Colossians this year. So Mm -hmm. it seems relevant, timely. And I just came from a meeting with Angel Garcia, our assistant pastor, and I was telling him that as I've been working on, as I was working on this Colossians 2, 8 to 10 sermon, and then Colossians coming up again for this Sunday, I don't always feel super connected to what I'm preaching to. The ideal is that I would, but yeah. But Life is very long. That doesn't always happen. But oh. right now, um, I'm feeling... Energized by this? Yeah. Energetic to jump into the themes that drew my eye to Colossians in the first place over this past summer. Okay. Well, recap for us. What did we miss last last time we were in Colossians? And then, like, how does it, how does it now set you up as you uh, launched back in for us? The timing was not great where... The big shift in the letter to the main body occurred in the last sermon series, in the last sermon um, of Colossians before jumping right. into Which Advent. Which is why, so kind of that, why I'm asking it, it's just to orient us yes. back into the sermon, yeah, or so, back into the series. So lots of lots of introduction that went into the beginning of chapter two, and then 
last, I guess the last Sunday in November, uh, preached from Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So the main idea for the main application of the letter is, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. So if you remember, we talked about the imagery of walking with Jesus, the practical textured lived experience of living with Jesus. And now Paul is beginning to unfurl more of his program about how we live it, how we actually walk it out with Jesus. And in large part, that means that we don't get taken captive to this other stuff. Right. Captive by the philosophies of this world. Exactly. Um, It's an interesting, just as a sidebar, I guess, our attention spans, like human attention spans and like attention spans for I hear they're lengthening. I mean, you're already talking about that was actually one of the points you were making in your sermon. But the the like disruption of this um, series plus Christmas, it it I, I have to say it's difficult. It's a difficult jump for like my adult brain. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> what about you for you? Were you like was it easy to jump back in? Because I guess you've spent more time than I assume our listeners have, like, thinking about this. But... I hope so. <laughs> that would be odd. <laughs> in <laughs> either so, direction, yeah. actually. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's someone out there who really has been deep diving Colossians. But... Serial killer that, that has my sermon series kind of up on their wall with newsprint and Yeah, how do you shake ties. off your brain and get back into something? And I, I guess I'm glad that you're excited about it, but mm-hmm. like that very act of like doing it, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Two things come to mind. One, this is an opportunity for us to practice not being taken captive by, <laughs> by, by things where, and I don't mean that as a criticism towards you, but if, if we are living in a distracted age, there's, sure. there's something, there's a discipline about going very slowly through a single book of the Bible, which which I understand is a discipline, and I hope people at church or Helen Wolves are embracing it as a discipline. So if if it did seem jarring to jump back into Colossians, the good news is that Colossians is a very short book of the Bible. So go ahead and reread the whole thing, spend time in it, pray through it, pick out passages that are interesting or confusing to you and yeah, spend, spend some time there. So we'll be in Colossians for the rest of January and you can, you can read ahead in chapter two from here, but yeah, it, it, it does take some mental focus to, to jump back into it, but let's leverage that as an opportunity to jump back into focusing about Jesus again in a a larger way. So you were saying like that big message is letting our, us not be, taken captive by um the things of this world or whatever what what is the what was the main central driver for you in what you were hoping your um, listeners would get out of it that people would wake up and recognize ways in which they may potentially be already in captivity to things besides Jesus. So okay. wanting wanting that recognition light to, to go off. And these are going to be themes that we're talking about for the next few weeks in, in Colossians. But sort of the idea, if we were in captivity to things besides Jesus, as followers of Jesus, would we even know it and recognize it? Sure. And Paul's painting, and we can go into the presence of the Lord's Sun Studios here and look at the 
text a little more closely for this past Sunday. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to human spirits of the world. That Paul is painting with pretty big categories and brushes here. So he's saying, if Jesus is everything, anything that is not Jesus will distract you from Jesus. Mm -hmm. So anything and everything that's not Jesus, be aware of and discard as ultimate in your life as things that you're leaning on or are over-determining your way of looking at the world. So really it's, it, it, it could be anything, but if Jesus really is that big, verse 10, you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. If Jesus really is self-designed to be that master category of everything, then Jesus has got to be the baseline or else he's not. Okay. Give us the category. Let's get to the nitty gritty of like yourself. Like what are the things, what are the, the empty human traditions or philosophies of this world that are most likely to like pull at you? Well, towards the end of the sermon, I talked about how as far as keeping internal bearing spiritually and otherwise, this Christmas break was better than sometimes it, sure. it, it has been. That comes to mind as a practical example where what do people do typically over the holidays, in, including me? Think about my stuff, my stuff, my stuff, my stuff. Go overboard with consumerism or gluttony or drinking too much or just being being at it for me so I can get my, my break, my stuff, my relaxation. Those are Those are tried, true, and tested human traditions of sure. what we do here in America over the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I spent some time realizing that those traditions are not necessarily, if I lean into them too much, honoring to Jesus, uh, life-giving to myself or, or my family, and I should stop it and be more about Jesus, even when, as a professional Christian, I'm on break. Right, right. Nope. Good. So good stuff. Yeah. What the thing I was thinking about the most, and so you have as your central, one of your central themes, the like that construct of, um, you setting up your friend, your conversation with your friend, um, yep. as the, like the, like counter to the, like the, who your authority is, whether yeah. it is, um, God, the God of the scriptures, the God of the Bible versus yourself. Um, and I was trying to distill that to Liberty Bridge kids and mm -hmm. thinking. Do you mean specifically as you were teaching that group? Yeah, this past or Sunday no, I night? was specifically teaching this okay. passage to the group. On Great. Sunday night. So, so tell tell the Helen was what age group were you working with well, on Sunday? Like the fourth evenings. and fifth graders. Yeah. Um, and was kind of thinking. I mean, I I. How do you, how else are you supposed to judge as a metric outside of like what is going on inside of yourself? Like it, it's a, I don't know. I, it's. <laughs> Explain that one more time or what are you trying to get? It's there? just a funny thing to try to describe how, how, how that actually works. How like not having yourself as the ultimate authority, um, mm -hmm functionally actually works i mean i guess no i mean i definitely see it as life giving myself 
to I don't even like making decisions about where to go to dinner. Like I like giving mm-hmm. that to someone else. Although I, I guess I have ultimate <laughs> <laughs> you, you have you have, I have ultimate opinions. Yeah. It it's complicated. But um Highly yeah, opinionated but not decisive. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> For you. You love that about me. Uh. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm not phrasing it correctly, but I just think that just that central idea of like having to give up yeah. the authority in yourself to be for someone else, to be under someone else's authority, of like relaxing into trust in that particular authority, deciding yeah. that that's going to be the authority you trust in. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean... From one perspective, we do that all the time, either as kids or as as grown-ups, where mm-hmm. teacher says to do something, coach says to do something. We don't think that that's what we want to do, but we but we go in that direction anyway. That's mm-hmm. that's living under a different authority, and yeah, if Jesus or the scriptures seem to move me in direction X, but I'd rather go in direction Y, then it's it's still my agency. So I'm not, by renouncing my own authority, I'm not renouncing my own agency because even by the power of God's Holy Spirit, I need to choose to right. lean in and exercise volition. But it's doing what isn't necessarily what I would want or think is best. Although there is a long-term element of as we grow as Christians, we grow in trust that what Jesus says is best for us as our authority, mm-hmm. we trust really is best for us. So right. there's there's no ultimate distinction between what's good for me and what Jesus commands. Yeah. If, if our God is both creator and redeemer, those things ultimately cohere. Right. But that doesn't always work that way in practical terms when I would rather do X, but Jesus says, no, you should do Y instead. Sure. Whether, whether it's thought life, whether it's opinions about things, or whether it's behaviors. Right. So I think that is that's just an interesting human challenge, maybe yeah. specifically Western challenge, to um, to let go of internal authority um, yeah. and allow it to be someone else's. Um, yeah, that's did, true. Is that the central challenge that you found in the scripture, or was there something else? Yeah, I think that's it. The uh, there, there isn't a ton that's hard to to interpret here. <clears throat> philosophy, empty deceit, human tradition. I, I did mention briefly that elemental spirits, stoicheia in the ancient Greek, is difficult to translate. Is it spirits, demon world? Is it elemental principles or building blocks of thought? Or is it earth, air, fire, and water? That, uh, But because those things are connected one way or another in ancient social imaginaries and thought structures uh it all kind of gets you to the same place but but besides that yeah pretty clear uh jesus and deity are coextensive and you've been filled in him who is ahead of all rule and authority so paul is just spelling that out in more detail in ways that hopefully are both practical challenging and ultimately life-giving to us sure and so as you were putting this together and muddying the waters how Mm -hmm. What you? How did you feel about it? What was fun about it? It was fun to be able to 
talk a little bit about the alternatives that, that we go to for authority. So I, I did use as a structuring story my conversation back from college with John saying, hey, man, I'm not my own authority anymore, mm-hmm. which he thought was totally weird and it dumb. It is really weird that you as a you, 20-something you was very strange. That is very, <laughs> very true. But I mean, some of the strangeness really was in the dramatic turn that you made from high school to college. So, yeah. Um, I mean, my friends parental bodies thought that I had that been be brainwashed confusing. or joined a cult yeah. or something. Yeah, they might still think that. So, so, <laughs> so I had to assure them that I, was, that I was still making my own choices, even if they were very different sorts of choices than, and judgments than I, than I used to make. Uh, but then to sort of, I don't know, turn the tables or even the playing field, asking John to realize that there are a lot of influences upon his thought world so his saying that he's his own authority is not the whole story because we're constantly taking in other points of view that are formative for us Mm -hmm. so in some ways well it cuts in both directions uh even for me as a christian to say jim it's impossible for you not to be your own authority because you're still the one that's making final decisions about your life and there's some theological nuances there but at one level that's true like yeah i'm still if I'm choosing not to be my own authority, it's still my own choice. So there is some unavoidable agency slash sovereignty that I still retain. As well as the fact that like all of us, even as Christians, still like hold on to certain things and don't allow them to come under yeah. God's authority. Or Yep. Yeah. And so there's an ongoing dimension of sanctification there, too. But then for John's part, if he says that he's completely independent of of any type of external influence on his own moral judgments about the world. That's just not true. I, at one point I thought about including the story about John. He was a huge Pearl Jam fan, the nineties grunge band. So we were in high school when grunge hit natural nationally. And at one point, the guy that I'm calling John actually said anything that Eddie Vedder, who's a lead singer of Pearl Jam, anything that Eddie Vedder says about the world, I'm going to believe. <laughs> And this is the same guy that said to me a couple years later, uh, still loved Pearl Jam, but, and he would have said in the same breath, I'm my own authority, nobody tells me what to do, Uh but man, I'm going where Eddie Vedder goes. And that's sort of the modern condition where we say we're completely independent, but we're We're still, yeah, we're still not. Um, And being able to enumerate what, what some of those things are, and it's tricky because you know, whether it's social media, influencers, podcasts, whether it's am the two of us ourselves or our kids, we're constantly taking in mm-hmm. content from all these different sources. Right. But there's got to be a filter or else we're just being mindlessly formed by all of this stuff. Uh, in case in point, I mentioned a couple of times non-Western children just being constantly made into Westerners because they're... Right imbibing western entertainment culture and and influencers so just be aware of what we take in and how it shapes us jesus says at one point in the gospels it's not what goes into a person that makes him unclean but what goes out that's ultimately true but we do need to be very careful about what we take in and be aware of its shaping influence on us and so i think hopefully whether for within families, parents with kids, husband, wife, 
friends. Hopefully there were some good discussions started and good internal reflection about, hey, what am I taking in right now and how is it forming me? Mm -hmm. Because those are, sure. those are things that Christians need to be self-critical about all the time. Yeah, true enough. And I, I probably, even from the construct of a non-Christian faith, like mm -hmm. you just are trying to understand what influences that are indirect, like how my brain is always filled with uh, advertisers or like what um, yeah. what news content you're reading and what, what the bias is from that particular source and trying to find the like authority in judging those things and what, what you've imbibed by osmosis versus thoughtfulness yeah. um, against the... So yeah, so like we were saying, or like I was saying earlier, just it has been very freeing to just understand that like there is a higher authority and allow some of my angstiness about any particular issue to like um, fall under God's authority. Yeah. Or to put the question this way, is it good for us to be the ultimate arbiter of all reality? Is that fitting for our frames as human beings? Right. And as we go into the scriptures, the answer is, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. So some of the frustration, angst, cynicism, and burnout that we can feel, you could put it this way, it's because we're over-functioning as our own ultimate authorities. Sure. And we're, we're burning out because it doesn't fit us. That doesn't, on the other hand, mean that we're supposed to be mindless robots treating the Bible as a computer program without thinking, cogitating, praying, mm -hmm. responding. Uh, but, but the sweet spot is that we're living under Jesus' authority in life-giving ways, which, which relates to another thing still under Muddying the Waters M, uh, asking the question, is authority good or bad for us mm -hmm. as human beings? Right. And the nuanced, uh, ham-fisted biblical answer would say authority is always good. That's actually not what the Bible says. But it depends on what kind of authority and how it's administered and used and who and what that authority is. And Jesus is the best kind of authority in every way. And so we're called to, we're called to, to be under him. And if, if in a knee-jerk way, any authority over us is automatically bad, the Bible says that's actually not true. Right, right. Interesting. Um, authority good or bad? <laughs> Uh, got anything else in mudding the waters? I was going to talk about the Christmas stuff at this point. You already gave me an opportunity to talk about that. Let's let's see. Yeah, the whole what's the real captivity question. Um, churches gadfly. Oh, is church right? The, the complaints. Who are the captives? Is mm -hmm. it people that are following Jesus right. and saying I'm under Jesus' authority? Um, a secular point of view would say you're you're being a mindless mm -hmm. slave to something above you, but the scripture turns that around and says, well, actually, what if captivity is living for yourself? Right. And then there's a lot of language from Paul. We're going to be talking about this again for this Sunday. Uh, one of the images and metaphors used for sin is enslavement, mm -hmm. where it, whoever sins. Paul says is a slave to sin, which is strong language, but not untrue. And going, going on to think also, thinking about how young people are struggling in so many different ways, the whole question of, are, they, are young people struggling so much, so ill-equipped to face adulthood slash reality, 
is that a bug or a feature of the modern world Mm -hmm. where are they taking the wrong lessons in the wrong ways from us or are they actually taking the script and trying to live it out but finding that the script itself is broken and i think the church is able to say and ask what if that's actually the latter and Mm -hmm. i think and i think that's i think that's fair so even talking i was joking with I mentioned in the sermon that I was going to be talking with an old college professor, a friend of mine. Yesterday, I had a good conversation with him talking about how college freshmen are the new fifth graders, mm-hmm. where there's just less life preparedness. And are they misinterpreting and misapprehending and misapplying what older generations are giving to them and telling them? Or are they following things pretty well and the answers just don't add up? Yeah. Just are finding it easier to just not, not. They're trying to not follow the the ways that. Uh, anyway, we, we. I don't. I will not go that direction. Um. Fun times. Yeah. Um. Barbie and cover tunes. Who did you talk about this week? I talked about a couple different things. Aaron. Aaron. Sorry, Alan Aaronalt, The Lost City. Uh, most of us in America believe a few simple propositions seem so clear and self-evident that they scarcely need to be said. Choice is a good thing in life. The more of it we have, the happier we are. Authority is inherently suspect. Nobody should have the right to tell others how to think or behave. Mm -hmm. That's intuitively axiomatic for modern people, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's not true. For example, the more choice we have, the happier we are. Is that true? Mm, Probably not. And then... Authority inherently suspect, that's true descriptively, but should that be the case prescriptively and the Bible says, the Bible says no. Uh, And there are some ways in which people shouldn't have the right to tell other people what to do or think, but then the Bible speaks authoritatively into all cultures and uh, one human to another doesn't have the right, but God has the authority to speak through the scriptures and us as Mm -hmm. kingship is exercised in Christ. So thinking through those things. Douglas Moo talking about the exclusivity of Christ. He's a solid Bible scholar. I'm using his commentary. Always fun to reference David Foster Wallace as well. He, he uses the example of when your parents are gone and you throw a party at your house. Right. And at first it's awesome because uh-huh. the authority figures are away. But then, so I actually misspoke. You I, didn't I, actually do that? I didn't. I, as I was saying it, I was realizing that I was hamming it up in ways that I probably (laughs) should not have done in a sermon. So so I never actually myself threw a party like this, and I should not have given the impression that I did. But I very well could have. (laughs) And your brother. I did did other things similar. So, yeah, the whole idea, parents are gone. Hey, why don't we come over and throw a kegger at at our place? At first it's awesome because you're doing what you want, but then you find that, hey, the house is trashed. People are doing things that you don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a bill to pay in more ways than one for all of the damage that's occurring. And in your heart of hearts, you actually kind of wish that your parents would come back. So on the surface, it's great having no authority in my life, uh-huh. but the hens come home to roost eventually with that perspective. And David Foster Wallace, uh-huh. great in articulating that. And then I added to that the whole idea of Kevin and Home Alone, where at first it's awesome not to have your 
parents and family around, but then you Slow miss him after a while. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's God's creational programming in us that even though it's it requires sacrifice on our part to come under the authority of Jesus, it's also freeing because that's how we're made and we're coming back to our creator. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus says these are the other Bible references M Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Sorry, that's Jesus, not Paul. And then, well, it's similar language in Romans 6. So if the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Coming under the authority of Jesus is freeing to us, and and not the opposite. Good stuff, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And we're going to keep talking about this stuff as we move forward in Colossians. Got it. So any leftovers, guitar slim pickings? Not, Things not this week. You were, you were listening to Paul Tripp talk about food. Uh huh. This week. Oh, you know that was I. That was a pull. Your Jim was referencing a conversation. I, I was yeah. listening to that like in the fall. Oh, okay. It stuck with me as a. I do listen to Paul Tripp pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, as my like. For fashion advice. <laughs> it actually gets me off podcast list like if i just like get on a jag and i'm like i you know i wonder i do kind of like a paul trip detox sort of thing i just need to like stop listening to reality tv podcasts i'm like i need need substance so i wonder if people use our podcast in that way i hope Um, so well i i can ask guitar slim picking wise when you listen to too many however that much that would be reality tv podcasts (laughs) How does that malform you and take uh-huh. you captive? Yeah. Are you asking me directly? Yes. I think what happens is I think that it is good to need a break from things. When you spend something too much time in something that is a break from things, then I don't know. It's just laziness ultimately. So you're saying there's a good aspect of it where it's like a healthy break, but then it Correct. becomes unhealthy? Uh-huh. Also, I think I just like, it's actually a lull. There's a lull in reality TV right now, so. <laughs> when it when it becomes unhealthy, what does that look like? Or how, what does the unhealth look like? Sure. Um, I think it's where probably our minds are meant to engage with real there are real issues in life and i think that escapism like that that need for escape there is even in scripture that's the, what the culture podcast was actually saying like yeah. that there are positive things in feasting or in hmm. any of the things like drinking or sex or whatever those are healthy aspects of god's creation like meant to be part of our life but that mm-hmm in pursuing any of those like um those avenues too much um that diet of junk food it just it catches up with you and you're you're not as human you're not as balanced um, yeah and something's something's off i like that yeah. paul trip <laughs> good guy yep <laughs> um well thank you for letting me t- turn the tables on you a little bit (laughs) yep well we'll see we'll see if we have formatic changes which incorporate more of that 
I'm waiting on you. I know, I know. I had like a really great idea for format change and I was like right on the cusp of it and then I totally just lost it. I mean, I have it still, but like... (sighs) (laughs) I'm here for it. And with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy.